Hello, it's Bex here from Thriving Language and I'm joined by Becky today. How are you, Bex? Hi, I'm good, thanks. I'm getting over a cold, so I do apologise if I'm a bit coppy and a bit sniffly. Oh. Right. oh, well, that's good then. So we thought today, we didn't move, that we'd have a chat about... Um, stammering and stuttering because we've had sort of um quite a few inquiries about this and also um from practitioners what's the best thing to do and how do you help children and it's quite sort of relevant because we've been working with a little one with this as well so Bex do you want to lead off on this and just say a little bit yes so you and I were having a chat before about this and we were saying about you hear the term stammering you hear the term stuttering and what's the difference well really there, there is no difference it means the same thing stuttering tends to be an American term um, whereas we tend to say stammering here but either way it's interchangeable so you know speech therapists over in the UK tend to say stammering so we'll go with that one today okay so we'll go with we're going with stammering so, so yeah so it's what in the early years children who are stammering and I think there are some sort of more obvious features of stammering so you might hear a child repeating a whole word so they might say I like a drink and 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 cake so they might sort of get, feel like they get a bit stuck on that word okay you, you might hear some children getting stuck or, or repeating single syllables or single sounds so they might see a k -k 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 cat um, something you might see that you might not have necessarily associated with being part of a stammer or a feature of a stammer is a prolonging of a sound. So they might want to play in the stand. You might um, come across children, we call it blocking, where they try to say a word and absolutely nothing comes out. So they literally get stuck. Right. And that, with that, you might see some going red in the face. You might observe some facial or some body tension with children if they're stammering and sometimes you might see extra body movements so where a child's literally trying to push the sound out of their body if they're stuck and something else that again you might notice is where you there's sort of a change to a breathing pattern so you might notice some children might take an extra big breath before speaking that just sort of makes it the whole thing a little sort of less fluent really so right. that's what you might be seeing in the early years um and often it's something that that can create quite a high level of anxiety for people and both my children stammered um in their in their preschool years um and they both did grow out of it um but as a parent i found it really emotional and obviously as a speech therapist you know, I can have my professional head on, but when you're a parent you're going through it, it's a totally different ball game, isn't it? Because well, you're emotionally involved. So. Well, you are. And we were just saying that it's frustrating for children as well, isn't it? And yeah. it's like really... And, and the little one that we that we were working with, me and Bex were having a chat, weren't we, just about the um, little one. And we were just saying, actually the best thing to do is is be really honest isn't it because sometimes you, yeah. you could perhaps try and ignore it and and that's great you don't draw masses of masses of attention but you also don't you know it's like anything if if you talk about it it quite often helps it doesn't it to help yeah, things to feel better yeah the little boy that you're talking about actually he was sharing an awareness 
and and you know and you you handled it beautifully what did you say so we were talking about how how fast our brains work and and it was you could see that sister one was getting quite frustrated and I said do you oh this is so so I did contain it and I was like this is so frustrating isn't it you look frustrated with that I said you you know what our brains work so fast that sometimes the sound doesn't come out of our mouth because our brains are working so fast that our mouths can't can't keep up with that and we sort of we sort of looked and we were chatting and and he carried on chatting and obviously you know just just having the, the having that little chat meant that actually okay I I understand you know this is this is a little one who's nearly four that something yeah. in my brain is going too fast and this is why it's it, then it, it broke it down into the fact of actually I, he did have no he had no idea why that was happening and when you've got no idea why something's happening it's quite scary isn't it so yeah, absolutely and, and actually learning to talk is really difficult and I think you know you and I were saying actually this little chap he was very aware that something wasn't quite working like it normally does for him yeah well I could see the frustration because he was actually exactly. holding he was holding his chin because he yeah. really he really wanted the words to come out and I was like okay we, we need to that that's quite a new thing we need to like you said the we need to relax the breath a little bit and have a just a normal chat about it like you would about anything really Absolutely. so that's it. and I think you know if a child is blissfully unaware and it's not having any impact then I would carry on and leave well alone but if you're seeing that a child is becoming upset or frustrated or angry or you see that sort of pulling at their face I think it's really really important that we do just have we don't need to say we don't need to diagnose but just as you did Beck it's just having that conversation saying do you know what I, I'm really interested in what you're saying but this is looking a bit tricky for you at the moment and you know it's just yeah. that real, it's reassurance is what you're offering and I think often you know we know that parents don't cause stammering but what we do know is that if you have a child who is stammering and or if you're a practitioner working with a child who is stammering that sometimes without realizing it can impact the way that we interact because it does it does tend to create a bit of an anxiety response and as a parent i've been there myself and so it it's really important that we can just get some support get some advice to reassure ourselves as well and we you know but people say oh why is my child stammering it's like well actually it's a multifactorial condition so there are many many possible right. reasons why these things happen you know genetically we know if there's a family history that does it increase the likelihood of that stammer you know persisting we know that boys have an increased risk risk of speech and language difficulties generally compared right. to girls so if being a boy makes you slightly more at risk um, and again, there's a mixed body of research about language skills. So there is some research that will tell us that if a child's got some difficulties with language, then that places them at risk of a stammer. And there's other research that contradicts that entirely. It's actually, you know, no, that's no risk at all. So it absolutely is it's sort of overwhelming. So this is why I think if you have got a parent who is anxious about it, then the best thing you can do is reassure that, that parent that, no, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, and, and you know, let's get some advice. And you know, I would always say, you know, speech and language therapist, you know, should be you know your first stop. Um, the 
the, it used to be the British Stammering Association. They're now um, www.stammer, spelled S-T-A-M-M-A dot org. That's a trusted site. Okay. So you can, you can direct parents there. You can direct practitioners there. It's got great information and top tips on there. And it also has an advice line. So it's a, it's a safe place for parents to go. Um, and I think, again, for practitioners, if you've got children in your setting and the child is aged sort of from two to about three and a half, if they've been stammering for more than a few months, that's the time to get some advice. Because what we do know is that, that lots and lots of children will have periods of bumpy talking because learning to talk is difficult. So, you know, you can have those periods of non-fluency and stammering and, and it's transient, it goes, you know, and so... That's why we give those just a few months. So if you've got noticed that for more than a few months, it's time to get some help. Or some oh, that's, that's really helpful. That's really good to know, isn't yeah. it? And, that's some... and also, it, I would say also, if your child is over three and a half mm. and they start stammering past that age, then that would also be perhaps just a concern. It started a bit later, so let's get some advice as well. So, you and know, so go, to, go straight to um, a speech yeah. and language therapist? So yeah, this... absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You, you can just get some advice and you know there are some there's some brilliant uh, stammering specialists around so you know you get get the proper advice and you know if I would always say with, with anything though if you are concerned refer because or ask because actually what's the worst that can happen you can be told oh no you don't need to worry about that now brilliant that's the result isn't it but it, yeah. if you are worried ask the question and, and again from a speech therapy point of view just a few top tips um it's really important that if you're noticing a child is having some problems with their fluency, slow yourself down. It's, it's crucial that we don't tell children to slow down and we don't tell them to take stop and take a breath. And the reason for that is we, you know, we don't want to interrupt the flow of what they're trying to say and we don't want them to develop any of those sort of compensatory breathing habits of taking a, a big breath. Yeah. You know, because we're creating another difficulty for them. So what you do, it's the same with anything, you just model it. So you slow yourself down to, because, you know, hopefully the child's going to try and match your rate. So you slow yourself down. And keeping eye contact natural is really important. Sometimes we think, oh, the child's stuck. And that might make us a bit awkward. So we might start looking around the room because we feel a bit awkward. But that suggests to the child that we're not interested and we, we are awkward. And then they're going to feel awkward. So um, it's, yeah, a bit of a vicious cycle there. Yeah, you can see yeah. it. But you can also yeah. don't want to stare at them thinking, right, I've got to keep looking at them to show I'm interested because that's just too intense. So it's, it's a really difficult one. But just relax. And, and just like you were saying, Becky, with that case you were talking about, is we're interested in what the child is saying, not how they're saying it. So, yeah. It, you're, you know, this is what's going on right now, but I really want to hear what you're telling me. So it's that reassurance and it's that genuine interest. Um, and, and it is, you know, just again, if for families particularly, if if we can say to our families, well, look, see if you can get just a little bit of one-to-one time where where the child isn't having to compete for any attention. So just reduce the pressures, reduce the demands on that child in terms of the environment, so that they know that they haven't got to to rush or to to get their words out before somebody else takes their turn so i think that's that's a really i was going to say about environments as well you know that that's why you know we were talking about speech and language like sessions outside weren't we but yeah. also play outside and just being outside in a, in a green area with with yeah. children will will naturally enable them to 
breathe in a different way and not have so much stimulus around them so actually that probably would really help as well so I think so it is it's, it's as a practitioner if you if you know if your doors are open and you just sort of think oh, I'm just going to go over and sit alongside that child and show them that I'm interested yeah that's that's huge that's really huge so, so yeah it's it, there's a lot to think about there actually isn't there there I'm, is I bombarded you with a lot of information but I think it's really important that we that we just feel comfortable as we as, as comfortable as we can, um, and not be frightened of this because our anxieties will pass on to to the child, and that's something we don't really you know we want to try and manage that if we can. Yeah, that's really helpful, Vets. And as always, if anybody's got any questions or anybody wants. Um, obviously some help from Bex or me or a pair or we want to signpost parents to us it's rebecca at thrivinglanguage.co.uk and you can head to www.thrivinglanguage.co.uk where you can see if you click on the shop there are um communication books on there that that we've written as well and there are some training courses um some online courses and things like that so so if you wanted to head over to there and have a look that might be helpful as well and like we say always like to hear from people so and it's been lovely to speak to you today bex okay you look after yourself take care bye